Good morning, it's Sunday the 16th of July and you are listening to The Big Kickoff. Welcome to the show. Show number eight, Dave. Eight? They haven't thrown us out no. yet. <laughs> That's because we have the door locked when they do. <laughs> uh, how's your weekend been, Dave? Ah, so far so good, you know. Can't get away from this love oil on me. Ah, oh, <laughs> Chris told Olivia last night she loved him. Brilliant. And then it looked like she was going to pick Mike. And then the last minute she went back to Chris again. It was epic. Who's, epic. Who's Chris? Who's Mike? And who's Olivia? <laughs> Two hours isn't enough, mate. Oh, right. it, it's not enough. There's just Mike was off the island, then he's back on. Olivia has literally been around half the. Oh, I'm getting too excited. I need to come down here. Uh, Chris, uh, they split up a couple of days ago. Then he panicked because he realised. Yeah, I think. I think the whole aim of the game is you have to be a couple, and then the couple at the end wins the money or whatever. Right. So I think Chris panicked yesterday and literally part it was hard to her and told him, <laughs> told her she loved him. <laughs> Then she had to choose last night and she chose Chris, so everyone's everyone's happy again. Right, well, I can't contain myself. Which I can't here. get away from that, mate. <laughs> you know, I, some sports stuff happened at the weekend as well, I don't know. I um, Yesterday, I went and seen the new Spider-Man film. Awesome. It's great. Really? Oh, really good. It's the best Spider-Man film by a mile, and up there with the other top Avenger films. And stuff yeah, because like one or two really of the clips good. now, I have to say, they look quite clever, because he's only becoming Spider-Man and he's a bit of a fan and they're the little, they're the little clips I've seen or he's in the gym and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he's only a kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, uh, no, it looks clever and looks like it's, because uh, some of the superheroes have been getting a bit, not cheapened, but they're they're throwing them out too quick. Well, the te- I think, don't the DC uh, have the Justice League coming out, so they uh-huh. you know, Wonder Woman, The Flash, yeah. Batman, so they're trying to jump on the Avengers kind of thing. Anyway, this is very sports-like, anyhow, but uh, yes, uh, Good film. Uh, I don't praise it too much in case people get disappointed. Then, yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's definitely Do you worth, enjoy it? And that's all that matters. Definitely worth a look. What have we got today, David? Oh, today. Well, we have the wonderful and one and only Mark Rutherford. Uh, he, straight out of Cocoon. Like he, he's one of the children of Lear or something. He's like forever. Uh, forever man but uh, he's coming in at around 9 o'clock to tell us all about uh, his wonderful career and what he's up to now at the moment we've got uh, a cracking year of 1976 for back in time and uh, obviously we can't get away from it we were looking at it over the last few days and we can't get away from it so there'll be a little slot about McGregor Mayweather again because we said we wouldn't wouldn't come back to it wouldn't do it too much but it took over the whole world last yeah it's dominating we have to okay our first song our Irish team Keep it going. What do we have? Hot house flowers. Don't go.
And that's the house flowers don't go. Great song. Dave, ah, cracker. bit of news. Any sports news? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first one, just a quick mention, uh, if anyone wants to see the pictures of it all over the internet. Do you remember the old, uh, you want some? You ain't getting no fans, mate. You remember the Wheelstone Raider? Yes. Yeah, yes. well... <laughs> Oh, we he, should have had a clip. We should have had a clip for it. Uh, you want some? You want some? You ain't getting our fans, mate. Uh, he has been rented out by a stag party for uh, out in Barcelona. And there's a picture of him uh, handcuffed to the stag, who's obviously in a Real Madrid jersey. And uh, there's the Wheelstone Raider there in all his glory, handcuffed to him for that <laughs> for the whole weekend, probably. Like, so. The other fellow's in a Madrid jersey, and he's in a, a Yeah, Barcelona see, they're over in Barcelona for the weekend, so they're obviously stitching up the stag by putting him in the Madrid gear to obviously right. get a bit of stick from the locals. But uh, yeah, he's uh, handcuffed to the old Wheelstone Raider for the, for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> whatever about midgets and all this kind of other stuff and uh, and the whole lot but uh, they were after I, I think that's a clever move uh, God knows he'll be he'll be booked out now for the rest of the well, especially if he gets a few gargles on him he's, he go on a, say it go on say it he could be you want some you want some I seen a clip there or uh, uh, an article there the other day um, Sanyo Sullivan her legend her daughter oh yeah uh, was rating, racing at the, the Morgan Games and uh, I think it's kind of she's taken it on, on on the back of her mother's name. It was an eight hundred meter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Sophie is her name. Sophie O'Sullivan was crowned Australia under seventeen champion in both the eight hundred meter and the fifteen hundred. So the the apple hasn't fallen too far. Yeah, yeah. Tree. But uh, yeah, she destroyed the 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 field with. Uh, and I seen the fight or the the run. The, the other day and she absolutely destroyed the field again same sort of thing sat for a while and yeah. then just, just took she it better over defect back to Ireland this, uh, that's the question I'm delighted for her but I couldn't care less if she's in an Australian jersey yeah no, I, so I don't know what's, I don't know because <laughs> she's living good luck to her and I hope well, I wish her all the best but yeah, she's living out there isn't she oh Australian yeah I think um, I think her husband's Australian and they've been out there for a long long time right. now I know she comes back I oh chef de commissaire or whatever it's called she's kind of like the team manager for the Olympic team in the la- in Rio no I think I think she has uh, I think she's with Team Ireland right yeah. and well then I love her I think she's the greatest prospect <laughs> ever and I wish her all the best <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the wonderful world of turncoat in, yeah. in sport. You know, I don't care too less. Oh, she's already... Oh, yeah. yeah she's best yeah. ever. Um, just a quick one as well, like uh, kind of a snippet. And I have to pull up a screenshot here again because I couldn't believe it. Because remember I mentioned, uh, obviously, the... I can't think of the name of the club again, but the Division 2 uh, club, the president was... He resigned because he was threatening with his life in Brazil. Well, there was more fun and frolics in Brazil uh, last week. Philip Coutinho, his last day in Brazil before he came back for pre-season training, he was the guest of honour at a Vasco da Gama game because that's obviously where he originally started. And uh, they have now been ordered to play behind closed doors after a fan was shot dead during disturbances at the ground. Uh, Vasco's 1-0 defeat on Sunday at home to title chase in Flamengo in the Rio Derby was marred by crowd trouble at the time. How would that go down now if it was in Ireland or in England? (laughs) Someone got shot in the ground. It'd be, it'd be mad news. It'd be all over the place. I know you actually didn't see that. Yeah, you know, it was a little snippet uh, buried in uh, on the BBC website. Mental, isn't it? You know. So yeah, there you go. So in the last two weeks, presents are getting death threats and resigning, and lads are getting shot inside the ground. And there's funny stuff going on in the shower. And our glorious magic man was there. If anything had happened to him, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> everything hinges on you, Philip. Um, Dundalk played Rosenberg during the week. Did you yeah. See it? Ah, yeah. It was look, Dundalk were the usual self. Tried to play some good football. More than impressed. And hopefully, anyone who doesn't really watch too much League of Ireland can see that this is quite common and how it's done. 
but Rosenborg unfortunately are a really good side They're and good. slowly got back into it. Like yeah. they gave now the, the, the what the one thing I noticed most they actually gave Dundalk a lot of respect the first twenty minutes. Yeah. It was very much let's sit back and let's see what they're at. You know they've had a good record the last few years. Let's 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 have a look and they gave them the respect and slowly but surely then they kind of matched them. But I don't think they, open. they definitely didn't outplay them. I think no. it was uh, they got more into it and and, yeah. and, and that was it. Yeah. But um, Lucan came into that game. Did you hear this? Oh yes, the scouting yes. reports were found yeah. all over Luke, and so it was Dundalk's <laughs> scouting reports of on the team, yeah, Rosenborg. on the Rosenborg team. So if uh, they had, I think there was their team plan, and obviously then their yeah, because I seen the one of Bentner, and it was pretty much bang on. <laughs> I actually have it here in front of me. Yeah, good go hold up player uh, brings midfield runners into the game by pinning the centre back and lays off first time. Good in the air. If they can't play out from the back, they'll uh, play off him. Blah, 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 blah. It's nothing that we didn't know about yeah, him. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's a bit worrying that your reports are splattered all over the ground somewhere in the, in the, in the middle of Luke and yeah. before your big game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And, now, and then it's out in, in media. So very easy to get your hands on that kind of thing. It was unreal. I, I clicked on it. Luke, obviously, the Luke and thing was what grabbed me. And then you look at it, and it's the actual pages, and it looks all nice and fancy. And... You, you, you take it at face value it's uh, I'm sure oh, no, the dog boys weren't happy yeah I wouldn't say they were happy at all. you know um, another one uh, England underage teams are at it again the under 19 European yeah, champions yesterday yesterday they bet Portugal 2-1 um, just caught the end of the game obviously um, Portugal full of bit of flair players and stuff like that and really at them in, in the last few minutes but uh, couldn't get it over the line but later on in the night I was watching a bit of Sky Sports News and I took a screenshot of their summer record which is more than impressive um, under 21 UEFA Championship they got to the semis obviously beaten by Germany I think as usual on mm. Penos under 20 World Cup won two land tournament they won under 19 Championship they won and the UEFA under 17 Championship they got to the final so as I said to you over the phone yesterday is this kind of potentially a knock on effect of actually George's Park There's, it's a good five or six years old now is yeah. it something like that or is it just one of them things where it's a bit of a a good generation or is that a reason like obviously it happened in the 90s with France when they set up Claire Fontaine uh, five or six years later they ended up winning the World Cup and they won several like what is, was that just time to perfection or does these bases have a real knock on effect it's, it would, it'll be hard to yeah. figure that out without knowing the background yeah, over yeah. there for this one but um, it certainly seems to be a bit of a coincidence if it, if, if, if it wasn't yeah Um but you know, I've seen it before with, with these sort of things. It doesn't always materialise. Oh, absolutely not. You know, how many golden generations have they yeah. had coming through and, and nothing ever yeah. materialised? So. And much after members, well, even the under 21 championship, there's four or five lads who could have played for that and didn't because they're still, they're probably too big for the, the under 21 game. So, you know, how much of these guys are actually going to come to fruition in the next year or two in senior football? Because you know yourself, Shannon, when we watch it in Premier League, a lot of them won't make it, unfortunately. No, they won't make it. And the other thing is, Premier League can ruin players. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at, let's say, Rashford for you, know, yeah, you're yeah. like going to get played out of position probably all season. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, then again, there's loads of games, so are they played too much? You know, so yeah. you wonder then, if you're building these players up to be, you know, quality players yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Then you put them into the fire and... Like other national federations would get involved here now and say, right, we need to look after these. Like yeah. what Germany did a few years ago when they were starting to slip. It was kind of like, right, here's the new 10-year plan. Everyone must follow. And that's including Bayern Munich. Everyone must follow. And within five or six years, they're world champions again. Yeah. 
So the FA obviously don't have the power. They signed it away many moons ago back in 92, unfortunately, and the Premier League, it's 50-50, and they probably won't enjoy this golden generations, so to speak, as yeah. much as they think they are. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Harrington, unfortunately, blew up yesterday. Shot a 79. He, what, he was nine under. And nine under. Back two. Shot a 79, two, two under. under. Yeah. Got- now, the way to look at it is, it's now this new thing. The only way they love a swing, Florida swing or whatever. This yeah. is now a link swing. Show great form last week. Take yesterday out of it. Show good form. Going back to Borkdale. You know, you can't rule them out. Um, it's not as much about length in Berkdale. It's all about accuracy and stuff. So it's it's good. Like he shoots a solid round again today. You kind of you can't look past him to have a decent week next yeah. week. Um, so it was a very tough conditions yesterday. Not as lot, not a lot of big scores. So unfortunately, he was one of the ones who suffered from it as well. Yeah, but you would think his experience that uh, he would have got through managed that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's been. He, I think he's been happy. Where, I heard an interview with him before. He's happy with where he is. Yeah. Like, he's comfortable. He's going out. He's playing golf. He has his yeah. own brand. He's managing that. And, yeah. You know, so he doesn't have to worry about... He's got his majors behind him. Yeah. So he, he, there's nothing really that he has to worry about. Go out and enjoy your golf and what have you. But I'd say days like yesterday irk him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially getting into contention. That's what you... You know. McElroy, though. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry, I know I have to talk because it's radio, but where do you go? It's like, right, fair enough, it's two weeks in a row now, and it's been a... F- it's, it, you're, you're waiting for it to click. With somebody as good as him, you're kind of hoping it's going to click. He doesn't need to go to the back to the drawing board and reinvent himself. You're kind of going, right, it'll click, There's and something. then he'll go into a streak. But at the same time, you're like, all right, mate, any chance of seeing it soon? Because do you remember his last slump? He had a big slump. The true. La- and do you remember there's a sort of a connection here? Do that. Mm. Well, he, he, the la- his last slump he started to go out with Caroline. <laughs> y- y- Married life has is, 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 is crushed think, him, has it? I think Handicapped him. He's only have to get married. And I think this. <laughs> they're draining a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> they can do that. <laughs> You've heard it here first. But it, it's, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think maybe there's a lot more focus. He said himself, I, I, I wasn't playing as much as I yeah, should have been yeah, playing. Yeah. So. You know, it, is there uh, a bit of truth to Steve Steve Elkington's comments then? Oh, Steve Elkington. Oh, uh, he was the one who tweeted, and of course, Rory he fell for a hook, line, and sinker, and bit at it like saying, "Oh yes, sorry. about the motivation." Yeah. And I've I've had little inklings of that over the last year or so myself because you know he's been there and done it now. He's hit the big time. He doesn't have to worry about certain financial things, this, that, and the other. And he's a guy who wants to enjoy himself, and I've no issues with that. But yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So look, whatever I. We could easily be talking in two weeks' time about him winning the Open. It's, he's one of them type of players, but at the moment, you'd have to say no. You know, well, unfortunately. Brave Wanderers. Oh, God. Right? Now, are they, aren't they? Isn't it the whole squad are on? They put themselves the, in the transfer? The whole squad put right. them on, transfer, uh, on the transfer market. I think it's... They had they put, to put themselves in the transfer market, but they have had meetings. They've had meetings with uh, Bray officials, the, uh, the PFA... Uh, PFAI were in uh, but the FAI wouldn't get themselves involved yeah the FAI wouldn't get themselves involved and this is typical FAI yeah 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 they they don't I don't think they're overly bothered with the League of Ireland if they were overly bothered with the League of Ireland uh, it would be a hell of a a lot better league the prize money for, for winning the league would actually mean something where at the moment the prize money for the League of Ireland is is kind of just yeah, it's kind of just token gesture, right? So, but at the moment, 
they they sent out a, 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 a this the FAI now yeah a statement. The football association continues to work closely with Bray Wanderers regarding these issues. Since being first alerted to potential uh, issues at the club, the association met with club officials to seek clarity um, and was encouraged following the update of potential investment uh, being sought at the club. Now, yeah. the potential investment. So Bray came back in and said, listen, we have investment. These are all grand. We'll pay your wages and all that. Yeah. But they have shown no proof that, right. they, that that is actually there. So yeah. the players are saying, well, listen, you need to show us the proof. And because you have to have a, a certain... Um, a UEFA standard yeah. uh, uh, financial sort of control. What they, is the potential sanctions? Would you know? But the, there, there's nothing because the oh. FAI uh, are turning a blind eye to some of these things and are giving out these UEFA standards. What did Delaney uh, call the League of Ireland? Our problem child? Our or? problem child. And yeah. he's certainly coming up with that. Yeah. He only cares about the stadium. What is more important? Paying off that but He stadium. only came out with that re- only recently. Like yeah. we're, we're very close. And if they qualify for the World Cup he's going to be starting to make money again for the FAI because it should clear off the remaining debts. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but is that going to start trickling down to the FAI or is it going to start trickling down into your bloody pockets? Like, yeah. Because yeah. he is a, a company boy of FIFA and UEFA. Like, dress it up all you want. Well, I, um, like he didn't exactly come up to, oh, well, by the way, they gave us five million a, a couple of weeks after the handball thing. No. That only came out at the end when they were being investigated. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, Mr. It's, Delaney. So uh, I think, I think the, for, personally for me, I think that the players, being, the players are being let down. Yeah. The club looked like they wanted to throw a whole lot of money at it at the start and they didn't have a financial plan because listening to the chairman, the chairman turned around and said, based on... Uh, uh, the players we were got in. Hopefully, we're going to get. Hopefully, we're going to get bigger crowds. Yeah, in. they were going to get more people in. Yeah, but so they got the results, yeah. but they didn't get the people yeah. because there's no people there. To, 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 the people don't down there. They built it and they didn't come. No, they didn't come, and yeah. that's it. You yeah. know. So, you, but you cannot have a financial structure based on hope. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's. Did they put money the, into selling it in Bray? Getting out there on the streets and letting people know just down the road here, you're going to get to see some decent football. Well, it, a lot of the selling that would have been because I remember Bray Wonders have signed X, Bray Wonders have signed Z, and oh, geez, they're buying big players. Yeah. So that would have been a selling point. Straight, and they were tipped to be tends to be a top four club this year. So a lot and of the experts were looking at them going, geez, lads, Bray are decent side this year, keep an eye on them. And they're in third position now Correct. at the moment. Now that's going to fall apart, you can see that. Ten, yeah. So that'll make a mockery of the league <laughs> because players, two players left them. Uh, Friday, I think, or, or yesterday. Two players left and went to Cabin Teeley, I think. So, all of a sudden now, that's going to make a mockery of the league because yeah. Bray, who were taking points off uh, teams Everybody. left, right and centre, now are, 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 are... So, they may, may have played, I don't know, Cork and, and got beaten. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to play Dundalk, Derry or Shamrock Rovers. And they're going to... Or, or may have beaten them and got a draw mm. in the other ones. But they're going to get defeats now constantly. They've got enough points now to stay up because yeah. three go down. Yeah, but it's not, it's not fair on the rest of the league then. Correct. Because they've already played teams strong yeah. and now yeah, they're going to yeah. play a week yes, inside. Yes, so, yes. Uh, but this comes down to the, the league of, or the FAI making a mockery of these financial rules, mm. turning the blind eye and saying, listen, you're going to... It's okay. We'll, we'll give you a little wink. We'll give you a little bit of a nod. Yeah. We'll let you through and... Uh, then leave yourselves alone, go and do yeah. your own sort of thing. Uh, so, again, the FAI uh, are a huge disappointment. No, no, which all the way. And just to wrap up before we go to the ads, because I have to mention this, Chris Quinn, known very well, Wicklow man. No. Ah, come on. Chris Quinn. Yeah. Absolute one and only story of Wimbledon this week. Oh, I did see it, yeah. He was the heckler who ended up with... What was it that he, he was heckling? Uh, basically, uh, Kim Kloysers, Conchita Martin, there was a few of them anyway. It was a kind of a Legends uh, doubles game. And long story short, 
uh, King Cloysters was talking to her partner going what type of server will I go left will I go right and he just shouted out of the crowd a body shot and Conchita Martinez kind of went over and said well you can face it and she went over and handed him the racket and he came down and he's big lad let's face it King Cloysters went hold on you can't you can't wear what you're wearing he was wearing like a blue top and green bottoms and she went in and got a skirt from her bag went over to him she barely got it up his shins and she's on the floor laughing and she's proper on the floor and then he grabbed him and yanked him and in fairness he got them up then they got him a white top and of course then she hammered it down now in fairness he returned it not fantastic you know, the, the, her partner smashed away but I seen the, the return and it he, was fantastic he, yeah yeah but then they had two more goals then after didn't they oh yeah he said can I face another one and yeah. of course yeah yeah I'll put you to bed here yeah. <laughs> and she hammered it and <laughs> I think he whiffed at it but uh, then there was a great uh, picture with the four five of them and uh, of course he had the leg up and all he really went for him fair play to him brilliant stuff so anyway broadcasting to Lucan this is Liffy Sound 96.4 FM Welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM and in TuneIn Radio. Hopefully you're listening on TuneIn Radio as well. Worldwide. If you want to send a text in and uh, join us, uh, Mark Rutherford's in at 9 o'clock. If you want to send a text in, it's 87 That's 87 It's on our uh, website on Liffey Sound, so if, if, you, if you haven't got that, then go on to the website. And again... Uh, the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com uh, if you want to send any questions or anything at all. Dave. Yes, sir. McGregor and Mayweather, or is it Mayweather and McGregor? Whatever way it oh, goes. Mayweather's it, on the A side, man. You can't, Jesus, they, they'll, never, they'll never let us do an interview if you say McGregor and Mayweather. <laughs> we can't get an interview <laughs> with them, anyhow. What are you saying? <laughs> um, but it's. it's it's exactly what it was made out to be. Yeah. It was going to be a, a, a you know a big fanfare. It was going to be you know abuse each other and, yeah. and, and and make everyone interested, and it has. Yeah, yeah. I know it was it was a great week, and Jesus, like the internet was crazy. Every two seconds, there was another clip of this bit and this bit and this bit. Um, it was probably one date too many because New York was like I would have given it both barrels in New York of all places. New York was dreadful. I was actually still awake for it and I was, there was nothing in it. Um, they were a bit dried up at that stage. And I, Now, the only reason I defend McGregor because I was thinking, right, maybe he's saving up for London because obviously all of us Irish should be there and local fans and he may be saving up a few of his, uh, his uh, jabs back at Mayweather because it was terrible, both of them. The, f- the <clears> first one? No, the third one. The third they were one. well dried what up. What did you think of the first one? first one was good. Um, I, I'll I, take, I didn't enjoy the first I'll one. take it at face value from him for the, on this one that he was a bit in the dark about the process of how it was done I'll give him that it wasn't kind of the MMA yeah way. exactly sitting there taking direct questions this that and there because he was walking around the stage for a while kind of, and then somebody kind of goes pick up the mic and say something oh uh, alright okay and then of course they were turning off his mic and this that and the other and the whole lot but he was ready for the second one and uh, he definitely um, the second one was entertaining the, the second, second one got awesome. you thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I can't wait for the third and the fourth. But yeah. he attacked 
big time, didn't he? <laughs> it was brilliant. You know, we can't, unfortunately. We I did have a look last night for a couple of... We just can't. It's like there was just... Yeah, after five seconds, ah, oh, there's another one gone. After another seven seconds, ah, oh, there's another one gone. Can't. Uh, the, the part where he... he I think this, I'm fairly sure this is the second one where Mayweather came out with the school bag oh, yeah. and he opened up to show him the check and then <laughs> t- uh, McGregor got a hold of the bag and there was five grand in it yeah. and to have a clip of him with his face and he's like five five grand is what that all you've, all you've got <laughs> but he went, when he went over to him and he says he are coming in here with a school bag and you can't bloody read yeah. and I didn't realise that he actually can't uh, he, I didn't he, know that. No, I <laughs> I didn't know that. So I, when oh. I was going, you can't read. What's it? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought it was like a cheap schoolboy, like a schoolboy joy. And I was like, yeah. Now it's actually even more, funny. even more funny. <laughs> he yeah. set himself up for it. So, um, what was I going to say? The fourth one, because the third one, I didn't really like the third one, as you said. Yeah. And McGregor came out with no shirt on, and he was walking down. <laughs> uh, uh, New York yeah, with, yeah. with no short on again yeah. this is publicity you know oh, of course 100% if you walk down New York with no because he definitely has the fan base yeah. he's definitely got the fans vote over McGregor or Mayweather at the moment but the London one what way do you think the London one went London one was good I um, it was more for him it was to show I'm the daddy here I'm the one I'm, I'm, the, I'm the big boy in town but it was, you knew it was going to get more and more personal on the Friday because the funny stuff was gone. So I was like, right, we need to go. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, if anything, if ever they really might get annoyed and have a go at each other, it was going to be this night. Yeah. But yeah. obviously they didn't. Now, they got a private jet over together. Now, I'm no expert in private jets, but there wouldn't be a lot of room. So they'd be very close to each other. Do you think, and, it, do you think it's a, a, a... And you think to yourself... It's all collaborated. Yeah. That the two of them are in there and they're laughing and joking about how much money they're going to make yeah. and it's a bit of WWE. You do worry that there is a bit of, right, we'll do this today or we'll do that today. That's the only one. Once I heard they were on the private jet together, I went, uh-oh, yeah. what's going on here? Because if they're really hating each other and they're two months out from a big fight, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't trust myself in a, in a, in a, in a private jet with my opponent, that's for sure. No, and, but I do think that once they get out, they they get training, and once once they get out, it'll be the golf hammer and tongs. Out. Oh yeah! Now there's a hell of a lot of fines for different things. Like so, they have to be very well behaved. And one thing they care about most than anything else is the money. So hence they were on their best behaviour. Yeah, they abuse each other and stuff like that. But yeah. there was very much like you can't do this, you can't do that, and if not, you'll get you'll get fined. So fined, yeah. that's why they were more than happy to just sit there and listen to it all and take it. But uh, one of the interesting um, ones is that Polly Malinagi might be one of his sparring partners. Right, tell me about that. And they were pushed, they were pushed about it going, oh, what's the story with Malinagi coming in? Because he's quite pally with, with Floyd Mayweather. But he's well regarded now as a great boxing pundit. And Sky Sports have had him on a lot. So right. us over here have seen him. Now he's very uh, hyper and lively and the real New York accent. But he knows his stuff. And he's a good student of the game. And they were thinking, right, that's a clever move. And it might have a bit of a dig at Mayweather. But uh, they got at him the other day and asked him exactly why. And he goes, oh, I've been sick of the jibes. And I want to get in and have a crack at him. So right. by all accounts, he just seems to want to have a fight with Malinagi and kind of prove a point that, listen, I'm in here to take this seriously. But that could be another selling tool as well. You wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, he could easily be picking Malinagi's brains. And I, and I would be. And I'm sure they will. But uh, it was interesting that he said, no, I just want to have a knock on him. I'm sick of him. There's not much selling that they have to do. At this stage now, it's done now. They don't have to, like, 
the Showtime are going to be doing a, like a, a bit like, like what HBO do, the 24-7 access all areas. Perfect. So they're going to be following them for the next eight weeks. Yeah. So with about two weeks to go, three weeks to go, we're going to start to see the episodes of this. So that should be enough now because it's, it, it already looks like it's going to be the biggest fight ever. So it's time to start getting into the business end of things. Like, Did, um, uh, was, it, was it the first... I think it was the first one that Floyd Senior. <laughs> See, uh, there was another little com- press conference after, oh, um, that's what it was, and it was yeah. a bit more. He was behind the table, a bit more. It was just about him, and it gets mentioned about Senior. And McGregor didn't really realise he was in the back waiting, and of course he's there just to give it a bit of bit of stick. It's all the, the mind games. So there's a small clip here, and uh, it will only be small because. <laughs> Because it gets blue quite quick, but uh, good old senior gets in and gets in on the yak, but uh, McGregor's ready and waiting for him. Like, I don't know. Like what, sir? Say what? Yeah, yeah. I said, young man, I will beat your ass. I will beat your ass. You get your chance on August 26th, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Relax, Junior. Before you know- I press pause there because I don't know where it's going. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just in case, it's a bit early in the morning, but uh, it's it. He he pretty much sat there for the whole conference, and any chance he got, now he was well able for it. Now one of his uh, kind of one of the entourage was trying to bring him back, and he's like, "Relax, relax. I know what I'm doing here." Like he was, he was just probably trying to roll him up a little just bit. McGregor, up a bit, but yeah. McGregor loved it, and he did show him a bit of respect as well. It was he wasn't just going to try and humiliate him. Yeah. It was like the, he, McGregor knows this is brilliant. Everyone's going to be watching this just as much, so let him have his little moment in the sun as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think uh, there was a, a little clip there after the London one and uh, with McGregor and he was walking down a hallway and basically says, right, uh, uh, the, the, that show is over now. Now we can get down to the hard work. So oh, in other words, they're looking at it going, let's build it up. And, yeah. and now let's do Like as training. far as I know, uh, his wife and kid came over and I think he was spending a day or two in London yeah. and he's not even going back to Ireland. I think he's going straight to Vegas. Vegas he's probably yeah. there already. Yeah. And that's what he said. And he says, yeah, spend a little bit of time. I haven't seen my son for a week and straight to Vegas and straight to business. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, it's you look at McGregor and everything he says. It's he's very convincing, isn't he? Well, that's what we were talking about before. And David Hay and it was a guy. His name like it's Michael Van something or other, but basically his initials make MVP. Yeah, and he's uh, he was the MMA guy, so that was the balancing act on Sky Sports. And Hay, in fairness to him, and I agree with it as well, and it kind of solidified what I was thinking. Like you can't help but be convinced by what McGregor says and does because he does believe it yeah. and there's no, there's no denying it. and then the more you watch these conferences you kind of go because I'm very much like Mayweather's going to win end the story and as Aria not Aria Brendan Schaub's his name he's the next MMA fighter I kind of jumped on his opinion last week that McGregor will kind of win the show so to speak as in he'll show that he's a half decent fighter win a couple of rounds and he'll come out the real winner anyway because yeah. he's nothing to lose and it's kind of like that's the way I, I genuinely do see it going but Hay did say, look, you can't help but think there's a but because McGregor really does believe in himself yeah, and you, yeah. you can't you can't rule him out. And even I'm kind of going, yeah, it's yeah. not as straightforward as you think. And yeah. it isn't. But isn't that, isn't that the, the beauty of yeah. uh, Conor McGregor? Yeah. That he is so convincing that he, he's so convinced yeah. that he has us convinced now. Yeah, and now he's saying in four. Within four. Within four. And that's probably what he's going to say the and whole I, time. And, and one of the lads... Uh, uh, I was talking to the other day actually got his phone out and bet on round four <laughs> that's how powerful yeah well he said he was going to knock out Aldo in the first round now yeah. I don't think he taught 13 seconds but no, he, he, he knew what he was talking about now he got the better of him in that press conference that press conference world tour that, that won him that fight yeah. Aldo was gone 
And Aldo came out like a bulldog and McGregor prepared himself for that, expecting it to come out and he just backed off, bang, lights out. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be intriguing. It's, uh, going, it's to, going to be an It's going to be show. entertaining. Yeah. I don't think too many people for this show will watch it on their dodgy box because they'll be afraid to watch yeah. anything. And it's a toss-up between Sky box office and ITV box office. Yeah, and I think everyone's going to you know, do, yeah. do your, your chip in. And I, won't be, uh, I won't be taking any risks. I, I'll, I'll, I'll pay the money. I don't care. It'll be, what, it'll be about four o'clock in the morning. I'd say at least, yeah. So we'll be watching that and then... Probably and there's a, the, the, the undercard is starting to take shape. Mayweather Promotions actually have a British girl. Uh, I can't think of her name now. She was there on Friday. Okay. And they were kind of putting her out there and showing her talents and stuff like that. But she's a rising star. So it'll be nice if maybe one or two others, and you never know, they might even get Katie Taylor, but it, who knows. But uh, we're we'll looking forward to it. But we're there's going to be plenty back. going on anyway. So uh, yeah, Jesus, we won't get away from it. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Liffy Sounds here, 96.4. This is the big kickoff. Hope you're all listening in and wide awake uh, and join us in tuned in radio worldwide. Uh, I only watched Step Brothers the other day and every time I hear worldwide, I just keep thinking prestige worldwide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's classic. Anyway, we uh, are going to 1976. Any good reason why, Mr. Shannon? It was the year of my birth. Get in. We'll do uh, 1984 another day for me. Yeah. <laughs> like you tried to claim 84 <laughs> yesterday. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can get to know us a little bit now. You can do the maths and figure out how old he is. But um, yeah, I wanted to do the 70s purely for to get some kind of disco in anyway. So I've managed to do that. But uh, 1976 actually turned out to be a great year. Um, we won't dwell on it too much. But uh, Southampton beat Man United in the FA Cup final 1-0 that year. It's one of them... You know about it, but I don't know too much detail about it. But at the time, it was a big, it was a bit of a giant killing scalp, it I presume. A, it was a huge giant yeah. killing scalp, but uh, let's not go over Manchester Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've no issues with that as well. <laughs> and to start off with, I'm going to go with basically the penalty that has been... Do you know the way uh, Love Is All Around or whatever is the most covered song of all time? Yeah, this is the most covered penalty of all time. Now, this this is because I think we put it into context before we played a little clip. This is Czechoslovakia yeah. versus West Germany in the nineteen seventy uh, Euro final, European champ, Euro final. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it was a game that went two all. I think the Czechs went two nil up. Yeah, it was right? a real typical David Goliath thing. The 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 plucky team did, but then Germany went into Germany mode. And, and, and pulled, and it, back pulled back it back and went to extra time. And it, I think, did it go to extra time or did it go straight to penalties? All right, you might have caught me there. Yeah, but I, it goes to penalties just, regardless. It goes to penalties no matter what. But it comes down to the last two penalties. Germany... Uli Honus is yes. his name. Well-known manager. Uh, Germany missed that last penalty, but it's, it's, it's the fact what that, last, what that last penalty from Czechoslovakia, it's not that they scored it. It's how. It's how they scored it. So we'll play, the, play the clip and we'll, and we'll, we'll do it. To it. Billy Hoeneß with the kick, it's over. West Germany have wasted another one. Czechoslovakia can win it with their next kick. Antonin Panenka, oh, it's genius. Zemmeyer dives. Panenka finds the net. And Czechoslovakia are European champions. And there you go, that's how they won the Euros. Uh, Penenka, as everyone knows it is now, the most covered peno of all time. The little dink down the middle. Isn't that mad? That, because I, I, I certainly know that kids 
oh, doing Penenka, do it. Yeah. Don't know where it comes from. Yeah. It's like the Rabona. I've no idea what, what's the name. Is a guy called Rabona did a first yeah, or yeah, is yeah. it just a fancy name? The, 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 the big thing is <clears throat> in that European Championships, how many teams were in it? Uh, back in this time, it would have been eight, I think. Four. Oh, well, there you go. Four. Yugoslavia and thing. the Netherlands played. Uh, Netherlands, they, I think the Czechs beat Netherlands and uh, Germ- West Germany beat Yugoslavia. Was it a group thing? Four no, star? two semifinals and a final. Very interesting. Yeah. So, great that someone like Czechoslovakia won it. Yeah. But, and there was a qualifying campaign as well. Like, this is Eastern Europe, like, and this is Eastern Europe under the communist rule. So, yeah. being artistic and being flair type people is not what they'd be asking for. It's nice and grey and dark and just follow, just walk, walk yeah, in a straight yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. And for somebody like Panenka to do something as creative as that back then. It was brilliant. And if, if again, if anyone's listening and they haven't seen that before, go on to it, look at the 1976 final and... It's, it's what just, made it famous. It's, it's what made it famous. And, but the pressure on that penalty kick to win. It was to win the Euros. To win the Euros. Yeah. And, and Against the juggernaut like, that is West Germany. Um, so we'll throw a, a song yeah. in. Yeah, we're going to go with Disco first because we're an absolute classic to finish with. Uh, good old Irish own. So this is the Bee Gees with You Should Be Dancing. Disco Hour, this is Midnight Dave, bringing you all your fresh and funky tunes, alright. What's this show about actually, I've gone, I'm gone, I'm in the zone. It's about Celebrity Love Island. Oh, Chris and Olivia, will they, won't they? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 1976 Summer Olympics in Montreal, my good sir. Um, One of the interesting facts which I was looking into yesterday was that 29 countries boycotted the Olympics due to, there was a UN sporting embargo on any uh, like uh, basically a Spartan embargo on South Africa at the time due to apartheid right. and this was the year New Zealand ended up going on a tour and now the 29 countries were mostly from Africa but they were kind of like in protest that New Zealand were allowed into the Olympics yeah, and they kind of yeah. said right we're not going you're basically supporting them doing what everyone was told not to do yeah so that was uh, that was an interesting fact that I found yesterday Lassie Viren would you know his name even by chance not even a chance Basically, the Finnish Mo Farah, basically, he, two, two Olympics in a row, he won the five and 10,000 metres, double. But this year, he actually tried the marathon as well and came fifth. No way. All in the week. Um, a guy called Emil Zatopek, another well-known distance runner back in 1952, won all three. And he tried to uh, emulate him, but uh, unfortunately failed. Uh, American boxing, they won five goals. And the three of the five were Leon and Michael Spinks. Yeah. who we all know, yeah. and one Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh. So definitely a golden generation for America. And the other big one, obviously, is the famous Perfect Ten from Nadia Comaneci. The first and only, uh, well, not the first and only, but the first uh, Perfect Ten in gymnastics. She was only 14 at the time from Romania, and it was one of the compulsory events. Now, she got a few of them in the end, but this was her very, very, very first one. Um, basically, to set up this commentary, if you didn't realise, I'd love to actually fast forward a little bit where they actually don't mention a name because I'd like people to kind of think 
what was the commentator talking about without knowing it was Nadia Comnets because it's a bit little bit well we pretend saucy so don't pretend they, they don't say her name at the start and it's the and just see what you think from the uneven bars Chris this could be the highlight of the compulsory event she is one of the technically strongest best gymnasts that I've ever seen watch this beautiful rhythm right to a handstand oh look at that amplitude ooh she is really moving well. Another handstand. Look at that. Right to the handstand. Gorgeous routine. Beautiful. And the crowd loved it. It wasn't just the crowd that loved it. And it is. A perfect 10. No gymnast in Olympic history had ever received a perfect score. And to do it with a... <laughs> Ooh. Oh, and into the handstand. <laughs> I think I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, she enjoyed that anyway. But uh, yeah, that was the first, um, the first perfect ten in gymna in gymnastics. Um, I got my dog sled stats as well, my good sir. Right, shoot. Uh, Jared Riley won the uh, dog sled championships in the US that year with lead dogs Puppy and Sugar. Mm. Just so you know, I'd love oh, to know who's putting the miss it and putting these in the internet for every year. I love it. I'm <laughs> keeping coming. <laughs> But uh, and other interesting news back closer to home uh, on the 25th of September that year, uh, a certain band were formed in Mount Temple Comprehensive. You too? Correct. Uh, the legend, seen as Dublin are playing Kildare today in the Leinster final, the legend that is boom, 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 everybody say J.O. was born in this year. Sherlock, was he? Jason Sherlock, yeah. Mm. And the Irish Open, my good sir, was won by. Ooh, I don't know, though. Chris O'Connor Sr. No, like very interesting. Ben Crenshaw. Was it Ben Crenshaw? Yeah. So there you go. Um, and that's pretty much what I have. And a, a certain Roy Shannon of uh, Lugia United uh, statue was born in this year. Um, well, you missed out on uh, Bjorn Borg in Wimbledon. Seems I, it's, it's Wimbledon week. I know, yeah. Uh, uh, he, won, <laughs> he won his first uh, Wimbledon title. That was his first one. First one of five. He won it for five years consecutively. Yeah. Um, also, Muhammad Ali. And I watched this fight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, Ken Norton. Uh, Ken Norton. In Yankee Stadium. And, yeah, in the Yankee Stadium. And uh, it was a controversial 15-round decision uh, that basically kept him his heavyweight title. But on that day, the police over there were on strike. So they were walking around on strike. And inside the stadium, there was 90 thefts. Inside the stadium, uh, one of them was uh, Kojak. Do you remember Kojak? Brilliant. He, Teddy Savalas. Teddy Savalas, yeah. He got, he got mugged. Is that how he lost his hair? Yeah. <laughs> wig got taken. Uh, but he got mugged. And seemingly someone... Uh, boxes. Uh, yeah. Woman got uh, sexually molested or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. That. But there was absolutely... It was a free-for-all. There was no police around at all. So things were going well. But yes, uh, I think... Now in the years I, of health I, and safety, I, could you imagine? I watched the fight and this wasn't uh, Pacquiao Norton. Yeah. He really was... He was beaten. He didn't... Or whatever it was, yeah. whatever was going on in his head, he wasn't even throwing punches half the yeah, time. Yeah, well, yeah. The, a judge came on, the little clip that I was saying, yeah. and he says... When you look at the, tr the punches that were thrown, it wasn't the frequency, but he says that every time he hit, he hit. But okay. I, I don't believe it anyhow. So I think, I think Ali got away with murder on that one. Right. So anyway, this is to finish off 1976, and this is our own Tin Lizzy with the boys up back in town.
And welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM and in TuneIn Radio. Okay, in the studio today with us, we have a League of Ireland legend. Mark Rutherford joins Jack Charlton as one of the very few Englishmen in Irish fo- that Irish football has taken to their hearts. <laughs> this is mainly down to his, uh, him, the sight of him darting down the touchline and beyond despairing defenders as much as his likeable and charming personality. He is one of the select group of players who has played for the so-called four big clubs, Shelbourne, Bowes, Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's. Um, he's adored by many in League of Ireland, uh, fans, players, managers alike. Mark, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks. Thanks for bringing me on as well. Absolutely brilliant. You forgot to mention Longford as well. Oh, Longford. <laughs> I don't Longford. think they're the big four though, are they? Oh, but they always give there's us. many more, mate. Uh, there's many more on that list. <laughs> Listen, uh, firstly, I just want to say, uh, when we put this out there, for uh, to say that you were on the show, we got yeah. a, an unbelievable response. The, the the comments were questions, and there was loads of of, of yeah. positive uh, comments and great memories for people. So, from across all the League of Ireland clubs, from across that, all that the League in, of yeah. Ireland clubs, yeah. One of them, though, uh, one of the comment that came up frequently was that you uh, you're a stinge bag. That there's not a lot. There's a lot of moths in in, in, in that pocket. Uh, what, what's that all about? Who says that now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who said that. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'll, 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 I'll have a look. Listen, you obviously had a, a great League of Ireland career, but uh, I just wanted to step back a little further in your past. You were born in Birmingham in 1972? Yeah. 1972. Yeah. That's hard to believe. I thought it, was, I thought it was further back than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who were your football heroes and, and who was actually your team? Who did you support? Well, way back then, um, I say John Barnes. John Barnes was a favourite player that I used to like watching because I played wide left and be, my parents being from Jamaica as well and John Barnes is from Jamaica. That's right. So um, John Barnes is always a player I used to look out for on TV and watching John Barnes playing and all my mates used to support Liverpool at the time um, but I wanted to support someone different so I, I decided to choose Tottenham Hotspurs even though I was from Birmingham. Birmingham oh, right. in lower leagues but um, Tottenham were my team I used to love watching Glenn Hoddle the skill that Glenn Hoddle Oh Glenn Hoddle was, was unbelievable wasn't Garth it? Garth Crooks and players like that I used to like at Spurs so from then, I used to love watching Spurs all the time. And is that's are they still your team? Yeah, they are, and they've they've really picked up now. They've finished second in the league for the last couple of seasons, so they're they're pushing for they it have, now. They're... He has a funny a funny way of dealing uh, with players. Um, your man Levy, uh, Kyle Walker is gone. What do you think? What do you think of Kyle Walker leaving? Is that a, a miss or is that a great? Uh, oh, it's a, it's a great move. It's a great move because fifty million this is ridiculous money that's going on nowadays. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if he's worth 50 million, there's players out there worth 100. Yeah. So he's, he's not that good of a player to be worth 50 million. Yeah. No way. So, you were with Birmingham, okay, and you were. When did you join Birmingham? Well, I joined when I was schoolboy. I played for an underage, underage team called Belford Rovers back when I was under 12s. And um, Birmingham came to watch a few games. And from since then, I used to go out training with Birmingham every week. I was on the schoolboy team for Birmingham City. So from the age of 12, I trained up to the age of 16. And like when I was 15, I knew I was going to sign for Birmingham. Right. Um, it kind of affected my schoolwork, actually, at the time as well, because um, I knew that I was going to sign for him. I knew I was, I knew I was going to be playing football. So it kind of affected my schoolwork Did it? A, a little like bit. Like teachers are probably obviously going on about future, this and future. You already kind of knew how yours was being yeah. mapped out kind of thing. That's true. It wasn't until I was 32 when I decided to go back to college and I did a degree. No, what did you do? Software systems, I oh, did a brilliant. degree, computers and... Remember all the lads at Bowles used to be slagging me, saying I'm going to college and <laughs> oh, look at the north. You <laughs> <laughs> college. <laughs> they used to be always slagging me all the time. Um, and so, how did you end up in Ireland? That's the question. Well, was, it was, was it love? Was it love? 
Well, no, at first, when I was 17, and um, I got injured when I was at Birmingham, I was playing really well, and I got into the England squad at one stage, I was in the shadow squad, and um, I got an ankle ligament injury, and it was a torn ligament, it was, I was played on it for too long, and I needed an operation, so I had the operation on it, and that kind of set me back, and I was trying to get my fitness back, and I know at the time, um, Owen Hand was looking at me, Owen Hand was the manager of Huddersfield, and he had a look at me a few times, and um, he was friends with Ollie Byrne, um, at Shelbourne chairman um, and so Owen mentioned to Ollie that um, I was free I was available to play on the wide left so um, he gave me a call and says Mark do you fancy coming over to Ireland just to get your fitness back up you can come over for a month's loan and just get your fitness see if you like it so I says um, Ireland where's, this, uh, where's Ireland again <laughs> so a lot of people in England weren't aware Northern Ireland it's close to Jamaica yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say, it's nice and, nice and sunny over here we had Jamaicans in Europe everyone yeah. knows that nice and sunny there's loads of beaches as well so, <laughs> so me and a friend of mine who was playing at Birmingham at the time Brian Gray both of us came over at the same time um, recommended by Owen Hand so we both arrived in the airport in our bright yellow and blue tracksuits <laughs> Our little afros we had, and <laughs> everyone was looking at us. Seems to walk through the airport, they were looking, thinking for someone really famous in a, in a tracksuit. And Ollie was there to meet us with Pat Byrne. And um, from there, it was a great connection with Ollie Byrne. And Ollie really looked after me, he was like a father figure. He really took to you, didn't he? Straight oh, away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, me and Ollie got on really well, and that's the reason why I stayed longer than a month, right? And and when it went from so a month did it, was month. it an, another loan of a month or? no I extended it to another month okay and then Birmingham actually at the time um, asked me to, if I wanted to come back because they seen that I was doing so well because I started well on my debut and I was really really doing well and then um, after three months um, my sister Birmingham I, I'm going to stay in Ireland um, I really enjoy it okay. and I'm, gonna, I'm getting my game all the time as well whereas if I came back to Birmingham I'm not too sure if I'm going to get my game yeah. I'm get my fitness levels back up as well so we extended the loan to the end of the season. And um, it was such a success in that first season. That's mean, won the league for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And that was a, a big achievement. It was yeah. all grown men crying with tears in their eyes. And yeah. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> um, so back, listen, back in, in, in that time, probably 91, 91, 92, 91, 92 uh, and certainly unlike now, Irish towns and villages and cities now, I wouldn't have been accustomed to having a, a black man around. So, what, what firstly were people like when, when you came across, uh, like, were they a bit odd? You know what the Irish people can be? Because I, I, I remember back then, um, it's, it's, not you like, wouldn't. it's not like now you, you wouldn't, wouldn't see, you wouldn't really see really a Nigerian family next door. Or yeah. if, if, if there was a black person around. Maybe in Dublin, in the city, you might, about might see mad. one too. So how were how you greeted by people? But also in football, how were you greeted by the players and, and the fans? Well, from the people in Ireland, it was brilliant. Like everyone used to be coming up to me on the street and wondering where I was from, and be, <laughs> be asking, thinking I'm from somewhere exotic. <laughs> from Birmingham. From, from looking at me, yeah, that's what I would say. Oh, I'm from Birmingham. And they look at me and go, oh, they're disappointed, thinking I was going to say somewhere like Jamaica and yeah. somewhere really, really exotic. But um, no, I said I'm from Birmingham. And, and did the boys in the dressing room take to you straight away? Did they kind of start digging you a little bit? Oh, to let you know, yeah, it's oh, okay. They really looked after me. So a lot of the players, I was only 19, so a lot of the players were close to 30 and 31, 32, really experienced players like Mick Neville and yeah. um, Gary Howlett, there's players like that at the club. And they took to me and brought me on board and they really looked after me, brought me out, even told me to drink Guinness to build me up. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I went out, had a, I tasted the first pint of Guinness, it was over in Ireland and 
I could really talk to you. I only could drink one pint, though. That's, 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 that's a good thing I could only drink one. Joe's ironing it, so I was told that's good for me. <laughs> and you fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for you, how did you find, I know you're saying the people and all, but how did you find, it wasn't much different than being in, in Birmingham, or was it? Well, in Birmingham, there's different nationalities in Birmingham. When I came here, I could go the whole day without seeing another nationality, never mind that yeah. person. Yeah. And if I did see someone, they'd be like in shock that they saw me. And they'd, be, <laughs> they'd be looking at me. And, and actually, some of them used to come over to me and ask me, God, what are you doing over here? Yeah, yeah almost like uh, the uh, Little Britain joke, Johnny, man, I'm the only gay in the village. Be another oh, guy going, yeah. excuse me, I'm the only black in town. <laughs> 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 so, other nationalities used to be shocked to see, to see yeah. me. But actually, funny enough, I remember one time I was on the bus going out to Teller. Because Ali had a friend who um, lived out in Teller, Peter and Jackie Long, and I used to go out and stay in their house out in Teller. And um, I was on the bus one time going back out, and um, this little girl kept staring at me all the time. She kept staring at me, I think because she hadn't seen it. Yeah. And then she says to her mum, Mommy, why is his face that colour? And the mum's face went bright red in embarrassment. Oh. And she's saying sorry to me. <laughs> but no, no it's, it's totally different now. Totally different yeah. now, yeah. It's, it's a, you wouldn't have got much stick at all in the stands, would you, if any? N- n- not, not really, no. It's only the, the odd time. Yeah. The odd time. Uh, no different than what's happening today, really. Um, it's only the odd time I used to get a bit of stick because I, I was a minority then. But um, yeah. It never used to really affect me though. I used to just carry on. I used to yeah. play better actually. Yeah, 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 and it's not something that kind of heightened when you came over here. It was something that was around at the time, a little bit simmering around even in, back in, home. Yeah, in England was it was similar as well in England. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't any different when I when I came here. So with, with shells, because I I remember you mostly from uh, being with shells. Yeah. Uh, with shells, I go through it. Your Shelburne, two hundred and twenty-one appearances, nineteen goals, but that was a, three different spells. You had uh, obviously that league title that you're after talking about. You had three FAI cups. So what's your biggest and fondest memories of of all the the three, the, including the three spells uh, uh, with Shelburne? Well, the first was winning the league in my very first season. Actually, scoring on my debut as well against Sligo. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I happened to score the goal. And if anyone from, had any doubts, they didn't after that day, I presume. Oh, from then, the sports took to me straight away. Yeah. Um, I mean, they loved me since then. And that season was a brilliant season. We went on to win the league that season. So, you know, I just remember everyone's faces, all the supporters, all the tears from the faces, and <laughs> big grown men kissing me and hugging me. And, <laughs> oh, I remember it was, it was a brilliant night, and that's a night I'll never forget. It's, it's like it was only a couple of years ago, but it's, yeah. I couldn't do, believe. Do you think that, that, that memory that you have there uh, kind of grabbed you that that kind of made you stick in Ireland that you, you had that maybe love and affection uh, because you were over in Birmingham you were getting in Huddersfield kind of said listen go and get your fitness uh, was it actually just needing someone to wrap their arm around you and say listen you're wanted here you're, you're going to get game time and, and then you had that special moment yeah yeah that's what I mean because I was playing day in day out and I got on so well with the players that's what I mean the camaraderie was really good we were out all the time with the players and uh, mixing from then I knew straight away that I wanted to stay here just living in the country alone like staying with Peter and Jackie Long at the time like I loved it staying out there out in Teller and that's I mean going around the city centre meeting people hmm. people chatting to me Were Shells part time or full time at the time? They were part time at the time but um, I used to go to the ground um, and do my own bit of training yeah. I'd scope in the stand and run up and down the stand and do loads of training and Ali used to always come up to me and say Mark here's a couple of quid go and get yourself something he was really nice to me. I used to go training all the time then. <laughs> to get <your> quiz. <laughs> Every day he used to be giving me... Well, Those texts were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go get yourself something. 
Um, just on, uh, we have a little clip here. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you have that up there. Uh, and we just want to play this clip and, and then we'll have a little, uh, a little bit of a, a talk on it. It's from Shelbourne. It's the atmosphere. I mean, the Rangers fans have travelled a long way. Uh, they'll, they'll be down here. Typical Scottish crowd. They'll make lots of noise and they'll create lots of atmosphere. But 70s. Uh, Baker. That's a decent ball by Baker. And it's an in goal. Unbelievable start. And Rangers go behind. And it's Perini who put the ball past Nimi. The first ball played into the penalty area. And Rangers' defence was all over the place. One red shirt in there. And Billy, that is an absolute disaster. Well, it's certainly bad defending, but, you know, Jonas Turner was away past that. A little bit more care and attention would have worked wonders there. Well, McCarthy goes in, and it's bobbing around, and it's a goal, and it's Rutherford. Absolutely incredible Rangers defence all over the place once again, and they were stood like statues, and there must have been two or three attempts. McCarthy came charging in. The keeper was absolutely nowhere. Morley couldn't get his foot on it, and Rutherford did, and there could be real history in the making here. Goes Morley, Morley into the penalty area. Oh, Morley, number three for Shelburne, and what a marvellous finish. Really coolly done by Morley, and it's going from bad and bad to worse and worse for Glasgow Rangers. And the boos beginning to ring around here now. It's a disaster, this, for Glasgow Rangers. So it was a disaster for Glasgow Rangers up until just that's the second half, wasn't it? It's so about 58 minutes, I think it was. 58 yeah. minutes. So that, uh, Rangers had this is in your way for cup and this qualifiers because I think Celtic stopped their, their their run of titles. That was to try and go ten in a row. Yeah, that's right. But uh, they had the likes of Van Bronckhorst, Gattuso, uh, Albert, Samaruso, Bar- Barry Ferguson, oh, and yeah. uh, so this was their strongest team probably ever, probably mm. ever. Uh, so I remember watching this and thinking. What the hell has happened after this? Tony McCarthy, can you, can you explain? And I'm, gonna t- I'm, I'm stumbling here because he, two penalties were given away for jumping up and punching the ball away. Can you tell me what his excuse was? He just says it's the heat in a moment. He says he, didn't know, he couldn't reach the board <laughs> and his hand just automatically just went up. I still talk about it today to him because I see him every week. My, him and my daughter are on the same team. I, bro- I, mean, I broke down that day. I remember watching the game yeah. and I couldn't believe it. I said, what, what is he doing? What, this is Because uh, obviously yeah, the first know, one, yeah. right? You'll give him the first one, but then with the second one. Second time. Yeah. You go, what are you doing? <laughs> it's gone. But it was... Um, how did the dressing room feel after the game? What, what was, was it was a sign of... You know, was it, God, it's a missed opportunity, or was it... That was know, a bit of crack. That was a bit of crack, yeah. No, definitely missed opportunity to yeah. be down in history as a, a team that beat Rangers, football club Rangers. I know Bowles did it a, a few years, but 98 or four Bowles did it, but we were thinking could we do the same, being 3-0 up, we had a big chance. 
Yeah, we, we really blew it. And some of the goals after. Now, do you think tiredness crept in? Oh, definitely. They're full time. Yeah, the pro full time team. Because there's some of the goals there. I think Van Bronckhorst's goal, um, where they did a little one two and no one went with the runner at all. And you're going, that's simple. Just stay with your man. Yeah, so that was 70 odd minutes. Even in our mind, our mind was tired as well. So. Yeah, yeah. So you were, were you full time with the club then? It was classed as full-time, yeah, but we didn't right. train. So why didn't you track him back? We didn't train full-time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, if it was on my side, I would have, yeah. <laughs> uh, between the... Do you, do you want to have a, a shot with that? That's in the Rangers game, is there, Bogart? Ah, Rangers, no. Obviously, it, it was one of them special days, and I know one or two of the guys in the in the board, and they were kind of saying the crack that they had in a half-time, 2 nil up. And the Rangers, like, they were spitting blood, like, they were bowling over, and they're just sitting there in their little blazers, having their little beer and their whatever else, and just loving it, and being up there with the big wigs and, go- and getting a little taste of what it was, and just great stories. Yeah. Now, obviously, we, we know the result in the end, but it's just one of them special nights that mo- any club that gets into your always have their little chance, and it, that's what I remember, one of the two lads I know quite well in the bar, like they, they just said that halftime 15 minutes was just so special for them yeah. to sit there with the Shelburne on their, on their chest, yeah, clean, and clean sitting there with Rangers, kind of going, yeah, we're as good as you at the moment, you know? So they were disgusted themselves, so yeah. I mean, they wouldn't even swap jerseys after the match. Oh, would really? they not? Yeah. No, Even right. after coming back and winning footage, yeah, jeez. wouldn't swap jersey. That's yeah. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And you, obviously, you went to you went to Ibrox then after that. How was how was that experience? Hostile? Oh, it was really hostile. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, god, yeah. All right. So, I mean, a few supporters actually went over to it as well. Yeah, so, yeah. So I was surprised that some went over because they knew it was going to be hostile beforehand. But um, the, the atmosphere, was, yeah, it was a totally different atmosphere. I never experienced. Was it a full house? For Rangers, yeah, there was god, I mean, at least forty thousand was there anyway. Right. Right. So, so no one was safe. No, no. Everyone got it, did they? Uh, it was a good atmosphere to play in anyway. Yeah. So many supporters there. It's such a big crowd. Yeah, as you said, you kind of relish under that. Anyhow, yeah, it was only 2-0. It was yeah. early goal and a late goal, so we represented ourselves really Yeah, well. yeah, no, that's great. Did Shrewsbury Town, you went back to Shrewsbury Town. What, what, what was the talk? You couldn't get away that? from Shrewsbury for a, year, a couple of years, could you? Yeah, it was my old youth team manager at Birmingham. He was a manager at Shrewsbury when I went there the first time. And um, like he was kind of like an Ollie figure. Like He really looked after me when I was yeah. at Birmingham. And um, he gave gave Ollie a call to say that I want to come over because um, uh, it was Eamon Greg was manager at Shells hmm. and then um, he came in and kind of didn't get on and so um, he got on to me then Fred Davis his name was and um, right. I says to Fred yeah I wouldn't mind coming over so I went over and uh, just uh, just a long period to the end of the season right. and we ended up winning the league I played a few games and we won the second division title it was then right. and that was a big thing for Shrewsbury then as well yeah. again and uh, it, was, it was a brilliant experience for me but then I decided to come back again. Come back, but did you, you came back to Shells. You ended up then back up the north. So yeah, okay, yeah, I came back up and played up the north. That's then. right, and that was, was that a couple of years. Yeah, Trevor Anderson was after me for, for years and years when I was playing for Shells. <laughs> yeah, and he, he finally got me then, and I went up to the north. And, and how how was playing in the north compared to playing down south? I found it a lot easier. Cause there was, Did you? I found it a lot easier. Uh, standard yeah, wise. Yeah, standard wise, yeah. it was it's a lot slower. There's more goals scored as well. The defense weren't as good, and right. like uh, I, I found it easier. And I scored quite a few goals as well, and setting up goals. And the supporters up there were, were great to me as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But, the, but but again, it was kind of a bit hostile up there as well. Being at a, times, because Nuri is from the Catholic. Yeah, club. yeah, of course. And so I, I, a, a different form thought, of hostility. Yeah, yeah of course. A lot of them thought I was from the from the south, so I didn't really get stick about colour. It was more, more about, from the south. And did Rangers fans even? I heard was it true that even Rangers fans are kind of like Catholic this and Catholic that? Like, yeah, it kind yeah. Of, yeah. Like calling me a Fenian up the north. <laughs> <laughs> to get yeah, Fenian, but so I was expecting colour, but it wasn't. It was more, yeah, yeah. yeah Fenian, they're calling me. So. so a bit like um, Celtic's match the night against Limfield. Huh. Did you get similar? Yeah, sort of a taste of that. Yeah, it would have been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to go to an ad break and we will come back and talk to Mark. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. Welcome back to the big kickoff on 96.4 FM. We have Mark Rutherford uh, in with us today. Uh, from Lucan United now, Mark. <laughs> yep, that's true. Big match today. Yeah, yeah, against the guards. So we just started training just last week and it's our, f- our first game back the pre-season. Um, we got uh, breaking news anyway, didn't we, just there, Sean? He's starting today. Oh, he's starting today. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've only got 11. Bowles, you had probably your second successful spell with Bowles. Uh, how did how does that compare to shells? When I was at Bowls, I reckon I kind of hit my peak at Bowls because um, those times when I used to be playing, I used to be thinking, God, I'm getting past this guy really easy, and I was getting balls in the box and scoring goals, and I was thinking, God, I'm, I'm playing really well, and a lot of players in the team were playing well at the same time, so that's why we were so successful at Bowls at the time. Then, so as soon as Roddy came in for me, like again, I had an injury when I was up in the north, and actually, funny enough, I used to wear this. Knee band around my knee, and um, the manager at Nuri um, used to say to me, "Bowls are coming up to watch you. Take that knee band off, because he, he won't want to sign you thinking you're injured." So I should I have to take it off because Roddy was coming oh, up, and but Roddy knew me from playing anyway, so he knew what I was like, and I signed for Bowls, and again that was a brilliant spell for me being at Bowls. As I said, it was Glenn Crow and players like that, Kevin Hunt, Kevin Hunt, yeah. all playing their best football at the time. Yeah. yeah. So across the whole team all of them probably thought the same as me that probably thinking they're invincible and no one's going to tackle you and you can do anything and without making a mistake yeah. and I went through loads of games like that where I was, I was just thinking God I'm playing really well and taking on players and setting up goals and, uh. and it, 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 you won what was it you won two league titles two leagues and a, and a cup and a cup yeah, two oh, leagues okay. and a cup in two and and seasons I was talking Gav Nolan sent me a text in alright he asked me <laughs> to ask you he said that he, when you were playing a match for Luke and United, you found one of your FAI Cup medals at the end of your bag. Oh, my collection. In your collection. <laughs> Is that where you stored them now? <laughs> no, I know there's a few medals inside of this, my, my little lucky bag. I remember I used to carry that everywhere with me. I remember at Bowles, the lads used to be slagging me because I used to be coming in late into the change rooms with my bag. My bag was full of loads of stuff from years, yeah. years ago. Years Are you ago. superstitious? No, no, they used to think the kids were inside my bag. I, I, had, I remember I had twins at the time and I used to always be coming in tired from the twins and saying, are the kids inside your bag? So the bag used to be so heavy. A <laughs> um, couple of low points. You were, were you relegated with Rovers and Longford? Yeah, both of them because financial problems. We deducted points and it ended up being the points in the end that made us get mm. relegated. Um, I never had regrets about joining Rovers, especially because I remember I could have joined um, Drida at the time for more money as well. I could have went to Drida. Paul right. Doolan called me up and um, I said, no, I want to play for Rovers. After playing against Rovers so many times and just the name Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. yeah. It was the only club I knew when I was in England cause from them being in Europe. I said, no, I have to play for Shamrock Rovers, even though it's less money. I have to go and play for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't regret it. Wearing that jersey, I didn't regret it. And Drogheda won the league and Rovers got relegated. And but you still don't regret it? I still had no regrets because I just loved you the fact that I paid for Rovers. Rovers. Like okay. joining all four Dublin clubs, did any set of supporters get a little bit kind of, what did you doing going there? Or was it kind of, you were, no. it was okay with you kind of thing? Yeah, that's a surprise. I thought I would have got stick. Even yeah. when I played against old clubs, I yeah. thought I would have got stick. But the support was brilliant with me. Even getting relegated with Rovers, the support was <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, even now when I see Rovers supporters, they still love you. So I can't believe the reaction from Rovers, Pats, Shells, Bowls, all the supporters. Are, well, I think I think yeah. if anyone puts hundred percent in and gives everything for the cause, absolutely, people can't. That's what I'm thinking. I used to always, I used to always put in that hundred percent. 
That's I mean, it's the same at Longford. I have to mention Longford as well. Same at Longford. <laughs> the same. Yeah. same as at Longford. Who was manager there in Longford? Um, Alan Matthews. Oh, I should yeah. only see him. I saw him there yesterday, actually. I was chatting to him just yesterday. I spoke to him. And that was financial as well. That yeah. was a big problem there, yeah. wasn't it? Um, seems you're talking about managers. Uh, uh, who, who's the best manager you've played under and um, why? All different reasons, different managers. Um, more of motivators. Like Roddy's a motivator. And Sammy Dermot as well. Dermot really <laughs> got stuck into players now and roaring and shouting, just lifted you straight away. Did you just get on? The first time, like he knew straight away he wasn't going to sign me the first time and he brought James Kiddy in. But um, the second time, I couldn't believe how different he was. He was brilliant the second time. And I really talked to him the second time going back yeah. for my final games at the yeah. Shells. So I really loved him then. Had a few personal issues then as well and he really helped me out. And How tough is it in a club when you know the kind of, the manager kind of doesn't fancy you? Is it tough to stick around? Is it tough to even train? Is it tough to stay motivated? It is, it is, yeah. yeah. You know you're playing good enough and no matter how good you play, the, the manager is going to leave you out because he's already got his ideas about bringing someone else in. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard for you as well, but you have to just get on with it and, and move on again. Mm. I mean, yeah. it's tougher as a manager. I was just speaking to Alan Matthews yesterday, how tough it is for him. Like yeah. Longford, he got let go by Longford and they were done well in the last game, but you just get let go straight away. Yeah. From so, uh, what was the what was the biggest bollocking you ever got from a manager? <laughs> oh, it has to be Dermot's bollocking. <laughs> Dermot used to give because he used to roar at the top of his voice. So I couldn't believe he was a school teacher as old as being afraid of him. But, um, but I say Dermot, but it, but it would work though when you get a bollocking, it would work. It would work for you. Like well, it, was there any was there any one that you remember that sticks in your mind? Oh, there was, there was, there was many of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, there's many of them. God, there wouldn't be one single one I can think of, but it used to be most most games used to be the same. Yeah, even if we were winning, even if you were winning, and we was winning. it and was it was it was a fair? What does it say in Australia? Fair dinkum was it? I mean, did did you deserve it? Was there ever a time you went? Ah, oh, oh, definitely there was times, but that's, that's just in Dermot's nature. That's nature how he was, used to get players was. motivated, and I used to be so, surprised when someone like. Um, his name at uh, Shells, uh, Damien Richardson, when he used to get angry because he was such a nice guy. Yeah. And he got angry now, that kind of shock you. It shocked you. Bottles were flying everywhere and chairs were kicked. And like he was really surprising when Damien used to get angry. But he would have been a good man to man manager now, Damien. We got, um, we got a, 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 an email in uh, and a question from, uh, it was actually from one of the lads local, Neil Dobbs. How do you handle age recovery and drive? So even now, because you're 64 or whatever it is now how, how, how do you how do you handle your age recovery and what's your training like routine like you, you don't just stay naturally fit so you, you must do extra do you actually it's actually some of it is naturally fit is it? of his just, just my my physique and my background where i'm from but um, okay a lot of it is natural as well but i do eat right i mean i don't eat rubbish now even now i wouldn't eat any fries or anything like that right. day before a game I'll eat the right stuff day before a game right do you think so, so yeah. and I go out training myself I go do my own little bit of running um, every now and then on my lunch breaks at work I'll go out running with some of the guys and so. do you think that's part of because a lot of you know a lot of good footballers whether they're they're amateur at the top Leinster Senior League or, or even League of Ireland who've retired a lot of them lose their drive for playing football. Do you, do you think there's a the connection there, as you say, with diet and stuff like that, where you kind of go, oh, you know, couldn't be bothered or this? Yeah, because you see a lot of players do put on weight when they when they finish playing, um, and it's because <coughs> keep dirty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to drive them on. Yeah, we actually lose the weight because I've got football there, so I know I'm gonna have to keep myself right. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm train players as long as I can. I also want to know. Um, your girls both play football, do they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're down with Luke. You know, what's your biggest frustration uh, in regards to ladies' football and what needs to be addressed? 
I just said the, the, the boys' football is, is way ahead and financially the boys' football supported. Even when my girls went down to the um, MGL, one of my daughters made the MGL squad for the girls in the Gainer Cup. And um, there's a huge amount of money the parents have to fork out to pay. Whereas the boys for the Kennedy Cup, they don't have to pay a penny. And actually, I think some of the parents actually fin uh, financially had a struggle. Right. And the daughters actually didn't play in it because of that. Right. Because of the finances. Right. So the, the, bo the boys are just way ahead. All right. Is that down to... I suppose the newness of, of the women's game or is it down to a little bit of both that they're, they're not putting as much in as they well, should in fairness even the uh, Irish senior women's team yeah. are struggling let's yeah, face it they can't get a yeah. tracksuit so it's from the top it's struggling yeah yes, I mean and there's not enough money in it that's why we yeah. need to put some more money into the women's football and it would be good because more and more girls are picking up the playing football and it's great opportunities for girls. Like, like, like we know one or two, and and, and Sean Murdy, his daughter is over in scholarship in That's America. Right. Like, there's great opportunity through football. It's not just in America, especially. There is yeah. actually a potential career for them as well. Yeah. It's you not see, just a bit of fun. You see, Katie McCabe. Like, yeah, she's yeah. a good example for yeah. all the young girls. Um, again, another question: Are you playing in the charity game next week? <laughs> is it next week or the week after? <laughs> it's for, the week for, after, I think. Yeah, against the, 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 the legends versus Jamie Bean's youngsters. Oh, Jamie Bean's. Oh, the legend. I played the last. Played the last year. You playing this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm down to play again. You're down Jamie. to play again. That's yeah, all right. Even though Jamie might not like. Are you on, are you on the youngsters or the legends? I don't know. Actually, it's a bit it, of, I'm halfway between. Could be a bit of both. Could be a bit. You listed offers anyway. Uh, you've won a few trophies. Which one do you hold most dearest to your heart? God, probably would be my my first one. Michelle's. Michelle's. It has to be my Michelle's. first league medal. Just to taste yeah. winning something. For the I, think, first time. I think a lot of people have won that really you, you hold dear. When we played Dave with, oh, with yeah. Luke and back in the day was, there's only one. There was an Eden Derry game but what, what it was a winner takes all final game of the season. It was the last game of the season and it was nil nil at half time. We had to win. They had their bus load of people up yeah. and we went and We won. were home. We had nobody. And then it was a weekend of celebrations. Yeah. You know? But you always have them but, and he said when you meet up with the lads I'm sure it's the same with you Mark when you meet up with the lads from that era is that the chat that, that comes around again? Yeah, we actually met up just a few weeks ago. We were at Shells. It was 25 years since we won the league. So we actually had to get together with all the players. And we actually, that's what we were speaking about. We Some of the league. lads still as daft as they were back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like Bobby Brown and Porrick Dully um, meeting up with them again. <laughs> I knew he'd say Porrick Dully. <laughs> they were like the jokers of the club. So oh, there were such characters, the two of them. That's what I mean. What is your sporting knowledge like, Mark? On other sports? On all sports? Not the best. Not the Excellent. best. <laughs> well, we have a little segment here we call the Beat the Brain. Dave turns into another creature. He believes he's the all-knowing god of uh, sport. So we're going to go through a little sporting quiz called Beat the Brain. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Beat the Brain! <laughs> so, Dave, we'll put, we'll, put a little bit of, we'll put a little bit of music on here and we'll, we'll get the questions going. Hold on now a sec. There we are. Calm it down a little bit. Right, so we're going to go through a couple of questions. Mark, you have the choice. You're the guest. Uh, you can go first, questions A, or second, questions B. And uh, we have five different questions. And we see winner takes all. A or B? B. B. So, Dave, you're going first. James Rodriguez, football to start with. James Rodriguez joined Bayern Munich this week on loan. Yeah. But for how many years? Two. Dave, 1-0 I don't mess about here, Mark, so you're going to have to get serious. Shows <laughs> Still Bayern Munich, all right? Serge Gnabry also signed for Bayern, but this week they loaned him out to who at his own request? Oh. Oh. Loaned him out to who? 
Yeah. So he signed. He's literally only signed a week or two. I think it was two weeks ago. And taking the go. And he wanted to go out and loan. It's I know the story, but I don't know the club. Yeah. It's another another German club. Oh. <laughs> Clock ticking. Clock is ticking. Well, Borussia Dortmund. Hoffenheim. <laughs> no chance there. <laughs> Gaelic games. Uh, Dave, our man Tipperary played in the third round of the qualifiers yesterday, but who won? You, you think with a weekend uh, sport show, I'd have checked everything, and I actually, I know one result from last night, but I don't know that one. So I'm gonna have to just realistically should be our man. Tipperary. Our man. I knew it. <laughs> Okay, do you, are you good at that? Do you look at that at all? No. That's a no I know Jason Sherlock. Uh, you know Jason Sherlock. Born in 1976, we were just talking about. Uh, Monaghan and Carlo also played yesterday, oh, but who typical. won? That's the one I know. Oh, i got neighbours who are from Monaghan. I'm going to have to say Monaghan. It was Monaghan! <laughs> one all. All right. It's getting serious. Dave. Yes. The Scottish Open is, be- is on this weekend. Yeah, do tell. Where has it been held? Dundonald. Dundonald. Get in there. No messing. I've just switched on. I wouldn't have got that. Don't FIFA when you're losing and then you lean forward. That's I'm leaning forward now. I'm, I'm it's oh, this business. This is business. Oh, you're now. at the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. I'm unbeaten here. I need to keep this going. British Open is on next week, Mark. Where's it being held? Golf. I haven't watched golf in ages. <laughs> you're gonna have to start watching some telly. <laughs> no, but the kids I don't get a chance. Tell me about the only man who has kids. <laughs> Royal Troon Oh Ooh, it was close He Royal, started with Royal was Royal, true, yeah. Royal Borkendale Dave's 2-1 up Yeah get in You might struggle On this one too This is Tour de France Alright And the next one After that is football But Tour de France See if we can get through This one In the Tour de France Yesterday Chris Froome Regained the yellow jersey From who Dave I'm sorry mate Fabio Aru <laughs> Did you create these questions? No, no, no. no. I love me cycling. <laughs> He's the brain. He's setting this up. He's the brain. Oh, yeah. In the overall classification, what position is Ireland's Dan Martin? Oh. In the cycling. Oh, I was about to say what sport is this? Cycling, yeah, the Tour de France. <laughs> You're going to have to have a guess at this. This is a real punt in the dark now, Mark. Dan Martin. Oh, he's third. Oh, close. Sixth. I would have said fifth. Ooh. And last question. Dave, who is the manager of Drogheda United? Uh, I can see one guy's face and I'm not I'm not confident but I'm going to have to say it Pete Man it is Pete Man get it an absolute whitewash we'll go with your last question anyhow for the, for don't the worry it's usually worse who's the manager of Bose oh god you're going to have to you're kidding me I'll ask you to throw the France one time <laughs> <laughs> I know it's my mate what's his name Think. It's not your mate anymore. He's the same manager as that break. Can everyone hear the wind of the part of the called the tumbleweed going past? <laughs> Keith Long. Ah, Keith Long. Man, he found it. He found it in there. Good man. It's a. It's a. It's, a, it's still a convincing win for Dave, who is yet to be beaten. Yeah. Don't worry um, about it. And we will turn that off. Okay, listen, Bray Wanderers, um, Mark, what, what do you think of the situation down at Bray? Have you ever been in that situation? You said you were in, in financial strife before. 
with uh, Rovers and Longford. What do you think of the players' situation down in Bray? I think it's happened with me uh, every club I've, I've been at. Actually, oh, even it? the big Dublin clubs was the time with financial problems and wages. We didn't get wages at one stage. But is that, that worry? For, like, I know it's only worry. It's a worry for the players. But how much does that then affect the players? It's especially when the players are depending. Some of them could be depending on that money. Um, some of them who are not working could be depending on that money. Like when I was at clubs, I was full time player, so I was one of the players who was depending on my wages to come yeah. in. And it does make you think about other things outside of football and you can't really focus on your football then. It's a worry then if it's, like, I mean, since you've been playing, um, it's a worry that it's a constant situation, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it goes across different clubs, even even the bigger clubs. So say, you know, the four Dublin clubs, it's happened that each one of them has happened. And, and yeah, yeah. when you look at it every, for a long time, until, until Dundalk probably started controlling it, it was a new league winner every year, nearly. Um, obviously yeah. you, with Bowes and, and Shells you've had your period of time but is that when a whole load of money that clubs don't have is thrown into a club and then after that then they, they struggle financially because you look at Bowes now are struggling yeah. Shells are obviously in the first division so are, is League of Ireland paying out money that they don't have that's, that's what happens when they, when they get success then they start bringing in players and giving them too much money then yeah, and yeah. they can't afford to pay because they don't get the supporters to cover the wages that's I mean they rely on sponsors and the sponsors don't cover all the wages. Just on League of Ireland, uh, under 15, 17, 19, good idea, bad idea? Uh, and under 13, possibly? Under 13. Good experience for the boys. But the training, if the training will be, will be a high level of training for the, for the boys, it gives them the incentive as well to get into League of Ireland, to play League of Ireland. Yeah. So that's, that'd be the good side of things. But then the, the other side of it, what happens to the, the junior clubs then? Yeah. Um, and but well, they have. I know there's a bit of a debate with St Kevin's going into under 15 on their own back. Absolutely, um, field, I, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff yeah. going on with that because I think there's a lot of clubs who wanted to go in on their own back, but they've had to partner up with someone, yeah. and Kevin's didn't. So again, I think the FAI are are making the rules up as they go along. But uh, we watch that space. Listen, Mark. It's been an absolute delight having you in. We have to let you go because uh, John Doyle's waiting outside yeah. with a limo for you. <laughs> I have to mention Amin Govan as well. I forgot to mention oh. him. About him being the co- like I played at the, at the top. Yeah. And this is the, lo- the lowest level I've played as well. And I've had Alan McGovern as a coach. No, I'm saying like, <laughs> my best coach I've played, Bobby Robson actually coached me at one stage. Oh, did he? And that was right at the top Excuse when I was me. in England. And now Alan's coached me I'm at the bottom, lowest level. Yeah. <laughs> The coaching is the same kind of level. That's what I'm saying. Just to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just respect. It's okay, you didn't have Alan's to say you are starting, mate. You're sorry. Right. <laughs> right. Make sure you start me, Alan. And in fairness, oh, God, he's loving that. He's sitting in the car. I can just imagine. <laughs> yeah. him loving it. In fairness, Al is, is, is a really good coach. Uh, he's learned me a lot. That's what I mean. With the yeah, and, that, and that's a sign of a coach. Friends. When you learn something from a, a coach, yeah, that, and, and continuously, that is a sign of a good coach. Uh, touching the Bobby Robson thing, what was Bobby like? I was one-on-one with the... I was only 17, even though I was shaking like a leaf when he was speaking to me. But um, one-on-one, he was brilliant. Just walking around to players individually during training. Did he get your name right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bit like Jack, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Do you, Mike? It's Mark. (laughs) It's Mark. (laughs) Did he... um, So what what is that? What is that? Is it just general chat or is it is it building your confidence up building, is, that's it is he like confidence. you know your, your your pace is brilliant you know go at them you know yeah. that kind of thing is one it one things like that and is it you know sometimes i think it motivators uh, is it is it that you feel it's genuine or can you tell the the bullshit from the lads who are trying to motivate but you don't quite believe is there any of that, that do you, do you no feel? no I, I see, I see yeah, it's genuine 
Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's good when one on one managers out there. It's good to one on one with a player. Yeah, like it really yeah. helps me. Yeah, yeah. some managers out there should do. Like, Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, will you ever go into management? I don't know. Seeing the way management's been going, even speaking to Alan Matthews there, it's just a brutal, brutal game. There, one minute and gone the next. Coaching so your thing. Coaching, like the coach, especially on the age section, grassroots yeah. section. But um, a great fulfilment from that, isn't there? Like when you when you see players progress. Uh, through the ages I certainly feel a great fulfilment looking at them playing yeah, but, um, but then I'm, I'm hardly in the house so my wife I have to mention my wife Melanie Hill she's, I don't know if she's at home, <laughs> at home listening out but um, like she's had to put up with me all the years going football here and there and training and there's, lot, there's a lot of movement in football that's true um, so she, she, you have to get the full back in there as well don't you like I mean she has to be fully supportive of you moving from one club to another up the north back down again yeah. so uh She's obviously a good woman. That's what I mean. She gave up a lot of things for me playing football. She, she might have had some arrangements and she had to cancel them because I've got to go and play football. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Um, just, just actually just one thing as well. Um, like my wife hasn't been well lately as well, but um, she's been on a, compa- a campaign with um, Vera Toomey. She was on to Vera Toomey there just last night actually talking to her um, just about the um, people for profit um, and, she, and um, just to legalise medicinal um, cannabis. cannabis. Yeah. Like, you know, Gino Kelly, the Lucan TD, yeah. has been well up for it. And uh, my wife's been around speaking with Gino Kelly about it as well. So I um, just want to get the word out there. Hopefully something's done in this country um, just to legalise it for all the people out there because it does help. And Vera's had to go away um, to... Um, she's gone to Holland yeah. to get treatment for her daughter who's been sick. And there's a, there's a lot of cases. There's a, a lot, lot of cases. Too, the more uh, that's been brought up, the more cases there is of people actually... Their, their pain and suffering has been eased. I'll have to Just, second that because yeah. uh, personally, uh, what I've seen, uh, not too far, close to home, and um, yeah, I can see what it's done and what uh, it is doing, and uh, yeah, I'll second that. Okay. And then some. Brilliant. Okay, we go to an ad break. Um, welcome back to Liffey Sound 96.4 <laughs> FM. God, that was a bit of a rush. Was See you, man. Get out. <laughs> uh, that was a great chat, wasn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Same again. It's it, it's it's a measure of one of these guests where you're going. There's about 50 questions missing there, like you know, because he is that good, and we could easily get him back again, like because uh, I would. He's a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, and w- top guy. We ha- everything. Every comment that we had on our Facebook page, and if, if anyone can go on to the Facebook page, if you're listening, yeah. have a listen to the to the big kickoff and have a look at our Facebook page. But on the Facebook page, gentlemen kept coming up. Ah, and, every and, single one of them, pretty and, much. And that's exactly... Shell's legend, Rovers, uh, it was all legend, this, that and the other. And in fairness, I would have been there, uh, the brother-in-law was involved with Shelburne in his first stint and I would have been there at a lot of games and he stuck out a mile. And there was good players there, there's no denying it, but he stuck out a mile. Not only just because, obviously, the fact that he was black, he was brilliant, he was a great winger, he was... Uh, he was great at beating players, full of pace, full of uh, full of trickery. And it, like when he said John Barnes, that kind of reaffirmed it for me because he was my hero. And obviously, it was interesting to hear him. It's like, this is a guy who's played at a great level and he looked at him just as much as I do. He, they're yeah. just like you or I. They're just a bit more special. Yeah. And of yeah. course, that's what Mark was. Um, he is. Jesus. Sorry, Lucan. He's not gone, yeah. <laughs> he's not gone, yeah. Okay, final countdown.
Right, the final countdown. Dubs killed there, my, my mate. Will we? Of course. No. Um, I don't know. Funny, I said it last time. I said, I think Dublin, it'll be a little bit closer this time. And they absolutely... So will they win by them. less or more than 10? They win by less, but probably nine. <laughs> Rory in the open. Is he going to make the cut? In the British Open? Yeah. Not whether he's going to win it. He's going to make the cut. Find it very hard to do. Yeah. 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 Hard Roger Federer, is he going to do the job today? Chilich. Seeing as you gave Nadal the kiss of death last Sunday. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm very poor with the tennis. Yeah. Um, no, he's not. Still it's not. Yeah, and obviously uh, Muguruza of Spain made easy work of Venus Williams. Now, I'm not going to be overly critical of Venus Williams because she does have certain conditions and her body can change literally overnight. Yeah. And you could see it in her, like, her, unfortunately, her best moments were in the semis. And I'm not saying that was the only reason because uh, I don't want to take away from Muguruza, but you could kind of tell her a little bit of spark was gone but it's still a great win for her well I think it was more tiring I, yeah. she tried she, in her interview and all credit to her yeah. wanted to say that uh, our opponent is a great player exactly blah, blah, blah. but you can see the condition does yeah, yeah. and uh, in the there's a major this weekend in the ladies US Open and there's not I'm not going near it it's basically just Chinese and Korean heaven they're literally in the top page loads of names one of them is even an amateur she's second at the moment so they're just a conveyor belt of talent a, a domination but you can see it with uh, um, even in the men's game yeah now you can see that the, exactly. the Japanese coming through so yeah it's great it's good, and it's great that the, uh, the, the Asian side of things are coming through and that's it uh, a little interesting thing I've seen today as well uh, apparently uh, about a month ago it got it's only after coming out that six Arab nations uh, asked FIFA to remove Qatar from the 2022 World Cup as it is a base for terrorism Ah, listen, they're all a base for terrorism. Yeah, um, and, uh, and and it was a bit rich because the first country was actually Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, Yemen, Mauritania, UAE, Bahrain and Egypt. Forget about it. Yeah, exactly. Moving on quite quickly. Uh, John Terry has now been confirmed as Alston Villa captain. Uh, I, you know, I think that's why he's there. He, I think he can still play, but yeah. it's, it, it is about people looking up to him and, and someone driving on the team. So it may be a good thing, but I think they were losing yesterday against, it might have been Shrewsbury. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. I, I, they got a one-all draw in the end. Was it one-all draw? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it was a pen so, uh, listen, pre-season friendlies and all that. But, yeah, I think it's good, man. Ah, yeah, of course. Uh, two South African teams should be confirmed into the Guinness Pro 12 uh, next week. Didn't know that. They're being removed from the Super 15 or whatever. They're kind of trimming the fat a little bit okay. in uh, the Southern Hemisphere. And it's the Cheetahs and the Southern Kings. Mm, and it looks nice. like they're going to be confirmed. The logistical side of things, apparently they want to stay in South Africa. So is it going to be a bit of maybe play a month at home and then maybe come up a little tour because Saracens yeah Saracens have kind of suggested to, that they can use their base in England for home games but by all accounts they want to stay where they are yeah. and apparently in two years time then it could open up the window for Northern, uh, North American teams yeah. like potentially American and Canadian teams so yeah. uh, Pro 12 could get her a bit of legs. be interesting yeah. yeah yeah no that's exciting absolutely um, Chris Froome obviously retained the yellow jersey yesterday but Thursday was the one standard mountain um, stage I was watching it and Sky like I said last week done the usual took the pace five of them Froome just sits behind doing 40-50% less work and they just slowly whittled them away all the big boys were there everything was going great until literally only 200 metres to go now he has 26 second advantage but it was literally straight up 200 metres but he made it into 500 metres Froome died unfortunately and he was going zigzag 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 and he ended up losing he had a 22 second advantage now, only 200 metres to go and he lost he lost the yellow jersey but he got it back uh, yesterday so. back, yes. but it's only by a couple of seconds so for the next week it could be very interesting very tactical um, bless you me. Good <laughs> me. and uh, what else have we got here uh, is England going to win this World Cup is England going to win a World Cup in the next couple after all this fantastic uh, summer youth football with them? Uh, no never again 
<laughs> Personally, I think I'll, I'll agree with you. Um, Celtic Linfield. What happened to Lee Griffiths? He got booked. Lee and Griff- he got Lee tro- Griffiths went over to take it. Celtic won 2 now. But Lee and the whole rhythm were all yeah, yeah. around it. But Lee Griffiths went over to take a corner kick. He put the ball down, went to take a corner kick, and a whole load of coins and bottles and stuff were thrown down on top of the book first. So he went and showed the referee, picked it up and showed the referee. The referee came over, told him, come on, take the corner or whatever like that. So he stepped back to take the corner again. Uh, and next minute, uh, a nagon came down, yeah. a bottle came flying down, and a whole load of coins as well. And it was on the pitch. So Lee Griffiths went over, showed the referee the nagon, and he bu- got booked. Time wasted. Time wasted. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is superb time, and just as Europe finished there, um, had a cracking day today. And the reason why I know that is because it feels like we've just started. It does. It flew by. Absolutely yeah. flew by. Um, uh, great. I said Mark was, was brilliant, and uh, I enjoyed today. Yeah. We finish off with a song, Dave. Yeah, this is Queen. We were trying to fit uh, three songs into it back in time, but uh, we're going to fit this one in now. Uh, we were going to put in Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's just far too long, so we went with the next best. Uh, listen, have a great weekend, everybody. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and uh, stay safe. This is Somebody to Love.